When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to jump into something I used to talk about and everyone said was never going to happen. Flying cars. Guess what? The future's here. So a lot of people think I'm nuts. Later, though, something that I have never stopped talking about going all the way back to when I first went into radio and television in the mid-1980s was how important for your wallet house brands are, what we now call store brands or private labels. I want to tell you what's going on with that now that's being fed even more by the pandemic. So I remember being at... CES, what used to be called Consumer Electronics Show, I used to go every year to that, haven't been since the pandemic. And I remember doing a story about a electronic, electric flying taxi. And we were uh, in an area called uh, Lake Las Vegas for a demonstration of this electric flying taxi. And it really looked like I had been transported into George Jetson's life. And George was there with me, it felt like. (laughs) Um, I didn't get to ride in it, which was a bummer for me. But the thing is, that wasn't that many years ago. I I think that was five years ago that I saw the demonstration. That was a flying taxi that was funded by the government of Dubai. And you come to today, and we've got a lot of big players that are very, very close, well-funded players to perfecting electric flying taxis. And the real issue is how they're going to be used. Nobody quite knows how they will be used most efficiently. Will they be used best for something like flying uh, from... Houston to Dallas, or Austin to San Antonio, or um, Baltimore to Philadelphia, or something like that? Or will they better be used going from like a really congested urban core like Manhattan to JFK Airport, or from, let's say, Beverly Hills to LAX? Nobody knows yet exactly what market is going to be the most efficient for this. But it is without doubt something that you will see first for very rich people in the first half of this decade, and then as a more mass market adoption later this decade, and will be common in the 30s. And I know that there's a tendency with me 
through my history, this is a weak spot of me, a blind spot of me, to get too excited about future technology and buy into the hype that is going to happen tomorrow and that is going to be the greatest thing ever. But I got to tell you, fish hook and mouth, I'm in it to into it again. And this time, I don't think I'm going to look like uh, like an idiot. I think this is the real deal. Uh, you eliminate the noise. They cost typically a tenth of the cost per mile of a helicopter. And ultimately, when the technology is far enough along and you don't have to have a trained pilot in it, then the economics change completely. And there is a clear path and possibility that the George Jetson thing will come true. And think about the things from the Jetsons from the 1960s, I guess they were from. That in the Jetsons, if you never saw one, go find one of those retro channels where you can stream for free. It had to be after the 60s, right? Check it. I think the Jetsons were the 1960s. Anyway, you had a robotic maid, Rosie. Mm -hmm. Loved her. I'm still waiting on that. You had... Flat screen televisions. You had automatic opening doors. You're right. You had moving sidewalks. What era? You're so right. What years? Originally in primetime, uh, 1962. And then it went, reruns went in syndication. New episodes were produced from 1985 to 1987 as well. That's okay. so amazing. Hmm. So 62. I mean, they, they had were, that, that best thing was in the kitchen when Jane would order up whatever meal she wanted cooked and hit the buttons and dinner was made. Yeah, the microwave, oh my gosh. microwave didn't turn out to be exactly well, what Jane hitting the button was. Yeah, but still. But the pre-prepared foods now that you can just heat up in a jiffy. And I know, the but microwave. I love something like a robot that can make fresh meals. Wouldn't that be incredible? You know, that wouldn't be for you because you love the ritual of taking ingredients and making them things you eat mm, not when i've worked all day <laughs> i have no interest in that i'm only interested in the eating part of food i get you know there was like a a thing the joy of cooking or something mm-hmm. no there is no joy in that for me is the only joy is in consuming food for me and so there are people that love the other part of it but anyway i think about the safety quotient also as we move to electronic uh, to electric and they really are electronic too. electrically powered electronic aircraft is going to be a game changer and it is something that's not your grandkids lifetime your kids lifetime it's going to be your and my lifetime and i think that's really neat and i know that when new stuff comes along there's always people who have trouble um feeling comfortable with the new stuff when it comes along. Sure. I but, mean, your phrase without trained pilots was scary. Why? Because you, if you, wait, you, wait, wait, you wait, think wait, of wait, them wait. flying above you and like they're not a trained pilot. I mean, they'll have a license. They have to have, a, I'm sure, a flying license. What do you drive? A car. No. And I have what a car do you drive? A Tesla. Model, Model y. y. And what feature did you pay for on that Tesla? I don't use it yet, but I'm paid for the, what is it called? The full, full, you, you have autopilot. autopilot do you use yeah. autopilot on the freeway? When I'm on, only when I'm on a long road trip. 
So you're on a road trip. Full self-driving. You click the button twice and you sit there and you watch the car drive. You watch the car change lanes for you. You watch the car exit automatically for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but does I that watch feel it like natural and normal now? Yeah, I mean, not totally, because it has done a couple of scary things. And when you have one of those incidents, you're like, oh, boy. But I know what you're saying. You're not ready it. for Elon Musk to be in prime time with that. Um, well, I think it's going to be safer ultimately, but I'm not going to use it all the time yet. One day. Let's get to some questions. This is from Will in Mississippi. I recently bought a house and was told the prior owner had an insect pest control contract with a well-known pest control company. My realtor advised me to contact them to renew the contract before expiration so I won't have to pay for a new assessment. A friend told me he has a contract with a company with a termite treat and repair condition. He said it's like termite insurance. The cost is in the neighborhood of $480 a year and I'm hesitant. I've sprayed uh, Talstar, a chemical, in my prior homes and never had a problem. I'm also hesitant a pest control company will invoke an arbitration clause if I make a claim for repairs. I've also found a pest control subscription where I provide my region and I'm sent chemicals by mail and instructed how to treat my home and yard. It has a guarantee to work, but no repair. What are your thoughts on these contracts, insurance, or garbage? Okay, so we got two different things here, Will. One... Uh, you doing your own pest control treatment at your home, if you're comfortable with that and you wear proper safety gear, go for it. Termites are different because termites in areas of the country where termites are very present, that's something that can be a huge issue for you with your home. I don't like retreatment guarantees. I only like what your friend said, the repair guarantee where they pay the 480 a year and they have an insurance bond that says that uh, if termites eat up your home, that the uh, insurance company, if the pest control company doesn't, that they, the termite company doesn't, they will pay to repair your house. Yes, it is possible you could end up in some fight with them about repairs, just like you could with your traditional homeowner's insurance when you have a claim about your home. But you don't want to be exposed to the extreme damage termites can do to your home. And I don't recommend you treat your own home for termites. So I like what uh, the suggestion you had of your friend having the contract for treatment and repair for termites. And all the other pests, if you want to treat them yourself, go for it. This is from James in Ohio. I was wondering how it might be recommended for me to go about negotiating for the best price when placing a factory order for a vehicle. I'm in the market for a van as I'm expecting my seventh child this year, and I want to be able to save as much as I can, but just don't really know how to approach the situation since my wife and I are pretty set on what we do and do not want, and there seems to be little to no option for the van we're looking for in any dealer's inventory that we can find. Yeah, so the dealers can generally do pretty wide sweeps, but you also can go on any of the inventory websites that are available to the general public, like Auto Trader. You can see what inventory of vans are available and the make and model and with the equipment you want that might be available in inventory somewhere in the country. Because of the vehicle shortages right now, you're going to have to pay almost certainly around 
manufacturer-suggested retail price for that van. You're not going to be able to negotiate any meaningful or significant discounts at this time from that. Um, One thing you don't want to do, though, is pay added dealer markup on it. So your real energy, if you can't find it in inventory anywhere, I would say even within a zillion miles, it's worth it if you can find exactly what you want on someone's lot and not have to wait for whenever that thing will ever be produced and delivered to you because the kid's coming. You're going to have that seventh child, congratulations. And that child's coming on a schedule. Vans, any vehicle right now, they're not coming on your schedule. So that's why first do that wide sweep of the country to see if you can find a van that you would be happy with sitting on a dealer lot somewhere in America that you can buy at MSRP, Manufacturer Suggested Retail, and go ahead and get it. But if you do have to order, the key with ordering is dealers that are not doing the additional dealer markup right now, taking advantage of the inventory shortages going on in the country at this time. And congratulations on the birth of your latest child. Um, Can you imagine having... Seven. I have three. You have two. No, I mean, but some people are so amazing. My uh, neighbor, she moved away. They had seven kids, and um, she was just incredible, and she homeschooled them all. I was so impressed by her. I thought you would say amazing. She left the kids, and she moved no, away. No, 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 no. I wish they still lived near me. They were a wonderful family. Yeah, I could not handle, I don't know how I could handle seven kids. Well, this question, this is from Eric. He wants to know if you can address all the negative reviews on your Aura Ring. I'm interested in the rings, but all the negative reviews are making me nervous about buying one of them. And we were just making fun of you during the break because your Aura Ring, Clark will literally, he'll he'll wake up in the morning. He'll be like, uh-oh, my Aura says I'm only at this number. Right, I better so, go back to bed. I'm going to have right, a bad day. So let's day. see what Aura says about me today. <laughs> says, um, all right, so it's giving me... A 98 activity score, 89 readiness, 91 sleep. Nine, that's great for me for sleep. Anyway, so you're having a good day. Yeah, I am having a good day. <laughs> so the thing with Aura is it's a very expensive product. And a lot of people end up very disappointed. And it's kind of like an Apple Watch where people buy them and they end up gathering dust in most people's lives very quickly. Something like this is so unusual as a fitness tracker. It's got no screen. It's just a ring. And so with the Aura, you then have to go to the accompanying app. And now something I didn't have to do in the era I got my Aura, you have to pay them a monthly fee for data management that I think works out to about $70 a year. So you have to pay typically $300 up front for the ring, for the fitness tracker, and then you have to pay them the the data management fee on top of it. So if you get one and you're not really excited about it and you're like, why did I spend all this money? The best suggestion I have is a newbie who wants to test it out, buy one used online from somebody who bought one and thinks it's the dumbest thing ever. They hated it. You have to make sure the one they're selling fits your you know, there's your ring size, and Aura has a unique sizing chart. But as long as you can fit that ring, 
buying a used one to do kind of like a test drive or maybe even just to have is a better, low ri- lower risk way of getting into the aura world or not. Because then if you don't like it, you could turn around and sell it back on eBay. That's right. So one to tell you, I am obsessive about anything involving the wallet, right? And especially with groceries, with shopping and all the rest. And I want to talk about the trends going on right now. They're absolutely your friend especially in a time of significant inflation in the supermarket and in the discounters aisles as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So do you know what affirmation bias is? It's when there's something that you have a strong belief in and then you see something that supports it and you're like, yes, this is great. Well, let me tell you, we got a lot going on right now that really supports how I've felt about how important to your wallet and my wallet store brands are. And in a time of rising prices, a lot of inflation as we go out to buy things in the supermarket and elsewhere, store brands have new strength in the marketplace. And this is really key for your wallet because the price differences are so large. And I know that there was once a time that the quality of the store brands was terrible. I mean, it was really, really bad. And it was marketed that way. It was like, hey, you know, you can't afford good stuff. We got this stuff for you. And long ago in the in an era of significant inflation, we almost got to galloping inflation in the United States at a time in the 1970s. The store brands were just wrapped in a white wrap with black block lettering to make it clear that this was for people who were happy to accept significantly lower quality for a very low price. And the dominant supermarket chain in the country during the time of inflation in the 70s is now extinct. It was called A&P. I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. heard of AMP. I remember Krista. the AMP. So I used to walk to the AMP to buy my groceries, and I would buy all the white label products. And they were really bad. <laughs> but I was paying my way through college, didn't have a lot of money, um, and I lived on those items. A lot of canned goods, too, uh, 
would be on the shelf and you'd have the brand names and they'd be in their colorful packages and next to them would be the AMP white label product. Beans. That's exactly right. Have you ever seen pictures of that? That's what they did. Yeah. It would just say that and it was it was like, well, you really got to have something from us that's really cheap. Here it is. It's really crummy, but here it is. And so, you loser, you can buy this. So I was a loser <laughs> buying those things. But uh, AMP is gone now. And the way <laughs> store brands work has changed so much. And, you know, I'm, I've noticed at the big retailers how much they've changed their philosophies about it. Target has done a phenomenal job through the pandemic rolling out much higher quality store brands. And in the grocery area, they use, it's called, I think it's called Good and Gather. Good and Gather. Good and Gather. Mm -hmm. And the quality of those items are really, really great. And there's these um, ice cream sandwiches they make. I don't know if they're called Good and Gather, if they use a different thing for their private label ice cream stuff. They have these ice cream sandwiches that are unbelievable that are just so good. You know how ice cream is the most important food group in my life. And they're unreal. And it doesn't matter if you're in the grocery aisle or you're in a traditional store. Do you know that people think at this point mentally that Kirkland Signature, Costco's private label, is like a superior brand name? Well, you've always known that. But it's one of the largest brand names it's not a brand. Well, it's a large. It's like a brand name, yeah. and it's a huge seller. Billions of dollars of product now sell under the Kirkland Signature brand name. Well, now they make those sweatshirts and sweatpants too. Say Kirkland Signature that always sell out. Well, just as wear a, it. All right. So I have a Kirkland Signature sweatshirt, and it is by far the highest quality sweatshirt I own. And I'm talking about the one that. Puts I mean, you Kirkland named Signature. your dog Kirkland Signature. Well, of course, because that's what people voted on social media. <laughs> I wanted our dog to be named Aldi. Oh, that's a good one too, and Lidl. And maybe. the kids, I mean, they threw down the gun and they said, "Dad," because my kids hate Aldi. They were like, "You cannot name our new puppy Aldi," and so. We had a vote on social media and Kirkland Signature won. But I really believe my son got every one of his followers (laughs) and friends to vote Kirkland Signature in, and that's why that's the name. But anyway, I digress, because Aldi and Lidl have had the most influence on the bigs in the supermarket business. Aldi single-handedly force Walmart to improve the quality of its private label grocery items. And because if there's any one company in the world that Walmart fears, I think the only one they truly fear is Aldi. Because going back years ago, Walmart went into Germany in a big way, feeling like Germany was going to be the perfect market for them. And within years, Walmart had to exit Germany with its tail between its legs and losses of billions of dollars because 
they could not flat out compete against Aldi at all. And so uh, Walmart and their products are really influenced by what goes on in Aldi where almost 100% of the products are private label. And the Aldi products do vary in quality. You, you know, there'll be categories where like in some of the snacks, the Aldi quality is, uh, what is their private label called for snacks? Anyway, um, Savoritz. Um, and my family will, they'll see something Savoritz and they will not even open the package. They're so sure that it's not any good. But it's really important to the retailers now that the quality of these private labels be really, really good. And people who drink alcohol swear by the Kirkland Signature alcohol. That it's, I don't drink alcohol, so I don't really get it, but they insist it's really great. And the KS wines are really something. So know that this is an area where when you're dealing with the inflationary pressures in the marketplace, wherever your favorite place is to shop, give the brand name a rest and get the store brand instead in that product category. And virtually every retailer offers a full guarantee, unconditional, on a refund of their store label brand if you don't like it. But if you do like it, every time you go, you're saving on average about 30% off the manufacturer's brand name. And if you like Aldi, you have to go to the website, isleofshame.com. It's fantastic. It's all about, about the middle Aldi aisle. and the middle aisle and all these different things about Aldi. It's really well done. All right, get to some questions here. This one came in from Matt in California. Clark, my wife and I are buying a new construction home and are worried about rates going up once we need our loan financed. We're close to the six-month mark where we can pay in the range of a quarter point to lock in the rate since it's a conforming loan. The loan will be large and we plan to make this our forever home. Should we look into paying the fee to lock in or wait until we're 60 days out and not have to pay anything? So we are in a time of rising mortgage rates and interest rates generally, and mortgage rates have stepped up a fair amount, still in the threes, but they've stepped up. I mean, the twos are way in the rearview mirror now. And the cost of paying for a lock-in, the quarter point, is money well spent in this environment. But Matt, my concern for you with new construction is if the builder does not get the house ready in time for you to close in that six-month window, your lock expires, you've paid the money for it, and then you're subject to market interest rates at that time. So before you execute the six-month lock, you need real confidence that you're within the window that your builder will, in fact, complete the home and you'll be able to have the benefit of that lock. And this is from Joanne. When is the best time of year to buy a new television? Well, Joanne, if you asked a more timely question, I don't know how you could, (laughs) because uh, Dallas of our team recently went through our historical data from Clark Deals of when the best deals were we posted over the last several years on the calendar for televisions, and there were two times 
that TVs hit their low price point. One is obvious, and that's the Black Friday sales period in November. The second is actually right around the Super Bowl. A lot of manufacturers use the Super Bowl as an opportunity to clear out their existing models, have new models coming in through the rest of the year, and you'll find really good deals. In fact, I was just mentioning earlier today that Best Buy had a flash sale on a 75-inch TV. It's now expired, but it was $599 for a 75-inch TV. And that's like old pre-pandemic kind of deals because TVs have been in short supply at higher prices lately because of the chip shortage. I've seen TV prices come down a fair amount over the last several months. And if you didn't need a TV right now or want a TV right now, waiting till the next Black Friday cycle would really reward you. But if you do want one right now, the Super Bowl, you're the winner, regardless of what teams win or lose in the game. You're the winner in what you pay for a TV. And this is from Eric in Kansas. Clark, you've talked about not using PayPal for payment to anyone you don't know. I recently was on eBay looking for Apple Watches, and I ran across what I thought was a pretty good deal. I always look at what city and state the seller is from, and on this particular listing, it only said USA. That seemed odd to me. Then I received a reminder about the product I was viewing from eBay. As I went through the details in the listing, I noticed the acceptance of only PayPal for payment. Big red flag for me. I also assumed not having a specific city and state of the seller was a red flag also. Just wanted to put this out there for other listeners. So I thank you for that. And let me tell you what I look for if I'm buying an item of electronics. It does not eliminate the possibility that somebody may be selling uh, stolen merchandise, but it will be a reliable seller as far as you getting the item and paying on PayPal in a situation where you're buying on eBay will usually work out fine as long as you buy from a top rated plus seller. That's somebody who stood the test of time on eBay. They have a huge number of reviews and they are overwhelmingly positive. When you're buying an item of electronics and you're buying from an individual who has no real track record or history on eBay, that's when I really get nervous, regardless of how you're paying. But with the top-rated plus sellers, we really don't hear complaints from people about being ripped off. And personally, I have never been ripped off by someone who has a top-rated plus rating on eBay. So that doesn't guarantee that you wouldn't get ripped off, but I think it improves the odds. And I want to tell you today is an important day to me because this is the 29th anniversary of an organization that I founded 29 years ago today. It's the Team Clark Consumer Action Center, where for the last 29 years, we have offered one-on-one free advice to you when you have a consumer question or a problem that it is my goal 
for you to be able to get advice that you can trust. And so if you want to know about how to use the services of the Team Clark Consumer Action Center, the hours available to speak to someone, the number to call, just go to clark.com slash CAC.